You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be together with everybody. Uh, thank you, uh, worship team. Great job and uh, super, super grateful. Teens, we have a class for you in the Ixon room. You can be dismissed at this time. Our teen ministry, head on out. You have a great lesson and great connection time. Uh, okay. It was awesome gathering and worshiping together, but I have a question, a test question for you guys. What is our 2024 theme as a church? You got it right there. Focus on Jesus. Every Sunday, that's a pretty simple theme, right? But we thought for this year, and if you notice in the, in the lens, you know, when you focus on Jesus, it turns the world upside down. And the series that we're going through right now is Run the Race. Uh, last week, uh, CJ did a tremendous job talking about um, the idea of not being impulse driven, but rather having a reflective mind and uh, the idea of, of uh, letting go of the weight, right? Throwing off the weight that gets in our way. And so super, super grateful. Very powerful stuff. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Run with Endurance. All right. Run the race with endurance. Let's go to God in prayer before we dig into the scriptures. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege of being here at this time. Father, thank you so much for how you work in all our lives. We know it is a spiritual race that we all run. We know that you are on our side. And Father, we want to understand your will for our life completely. And we want to have the endurance to complete the race, to gain the crown of eternity. And Father, be with our hearts and our minds at this time as we study, as we look at the scriptures, as we reflect on what you have done for us. And as we uh, endeavor to have a strong, perseverant and enduring heart in our spiritual journey. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Our theme verse is Hebrews 12, verse one. And we see right there, it says, therefore... Get that for you. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so the one thing I want you to realize today is that endurance is essential. Endurance is crucial in the spiritual journey, you must develop endurance. We're going to talk a little bit today about how to do it. Uh, back in 19, the 1970s, there was a wave. If you saw the Forrest Gump movie, you know that, you know, there was a wave of, of energy towards running. Okay. Well, my father, he caught that wave and began to do distance running. He got my brother and I involved in running. And he got pretty good by the 1980s. Uh, he was running marathons and he actually qualified for the Boston Marathon. And you had to run a three hour and 10 minute uh, marathon in order to even qualify, which he had done uh, on the East Coast. We were living on the East Coast outside of Philadelphia and he ran the Philadelphia Marathon under 310. But the, but the Boston Marathon is iconic, right? It's a famous marathon. And so I say, like, all right, I'll I'll. I'll, I'll try to encourage you, Dad. I was, I wasn't a distance runner. I was a sprinter. But I, you know, had to do some distance training even for, I was a quarter miler. And if you, any of you have run the, the quarter mile, that's tough, right? That's a tough race. I had to do a little distance. So I said, Dad, I'll help you. 
uh, I'll try to, I'll try to find you in the last three miles of the Boston Marathon, even though there was like thousands, I think it was like 5,000 or more. I can't remember how many, but thousands run this thing. And he had trained some weeks. He would train 80 miles of running a week. He would like to do a 20 mile run several times in the weeks leading up to the marathon. Of course, a marathon's 26.2 miles. So if you want to do well, you do have to train a lot. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of reading. What he would do is, is he would as well, uh, do something called carbo loading. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's where you just eat a bunch of carbs like, a couple days before the race. So you're just got all this energy to burn off. Um, and so I did find him at the 23rd mile. Unfortunately, he had caught a cold the week of the race. And so his goal was to break three hours, which was, you know, been his all time best. And he had a plan. Uh, he was he was close. He was close. He did not look good when I saw him at 23 miles. Right. He'd run 23 miles. He'd finished Heartbreak Hill. I joined him and I ran with him. It was a great memory. My dad and I was about 15. We ran in and, you know, he completed the marathon. He had a pretty good time. Wasn't, you know, what he'd hoped for because he had gotten sick. Uh, but, you know, he was very grateful and proud of himself to have, you know, qualified and completed the marathon. You know, he ran with endurance that race. And to develop that endurance, he had to do quite a few things, right? He had to train himself. Uh, he, he had to learn deeply what, what was involved and he had to keep his eye on the goal. And we're going to talk about those things uh, as we go through the message today. But each of us has a race to run. The Apostle Paul said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We are all on a spiritual journey. You know, the word race in Greek comes from uh, ajon. Right. The word uh, the word for, that leads into the word agony in English involves a competition, a difficult struggle. And we are all in a great struggle of spirituality. You are on this race and it's a journey. Each of us has an individual and unique journey, but we have a common goal, eternal life with God Almighty. Right. We have a common goal to succeed in this life. And in the race and to win the victor's crown. And so you're going to be on this journey. And a couple of months ago, Carrie and I went through a eight week spiritual training cohort uh, with Robert and Michelle Carrillo talking about spiritual formation. One of the things he highlighted was um, the idea of the spiritual journey is broken down into stages. Many, many writers, theologians and spiritual uh, teachers uh, break it into various types of stages. I've talked to Mark Shaw about the four stages of, you know, simplicity, complexity, perplexity and harmony. Uh, these writers that Robert was teaching from talked about the spiritual journey in six stages. And uh, I like this part right here. These six stages um, and really, you know, recognition of God, life uh, of discipleship. Um, and, and it moves you forward through each of these stages. You have to experience each stage stage in succession. And to get to the last three stages, uh, you're going to hit a wall. You have to go through a spiritual wall. None of the stages are better or worse than the others. They're all needed. They're all required. They're all a part of it. We're not going to get into the details of that. I just want you to know that to really experience all of the stages, you absolutely will need endurance. Endurance is crucial. The Greek word for endurance is hopomone. And it means quite simply a hopeful endurance, a steadfastness, a perseverance, is needed. So it says run the race 
with endurance. Run with this hopeful, expecting, but steadfastness, persevering attitude. All of us will need it in the spiritual journey. Any of you guys ever run the, um, the, you know, the four, 400 meters, the quarter mile? Any of you guys run that? I, that was my race. How do y'all feel in the last 50 meters of that race? You can't feel your body. I oftentimes would throw up at the end of that race because of oxygen deprivation. You, you need, you know, the more you train, the more endurance you have. And, the, you know, the Olympians just blow my mind at how fast they can run that. It's like sprinting for an entire lap. But you need endurance to succeed. And in our spiritual journey, we are going to need endurance. So we're going to hit today three things that help you to endure. You're going to need spiritual training. You're going to need to develop deep roots. And you're going to need to have the right mindset. And all of us need to endure. All right? Persevering is crucial quality. There's a toughness. There's a depth. There's a strength there. Uh, it's very, very important. So let's talk about um, the idea of training. We had a great men's gathering uh, yesterday at 8 a.m. We talked about the disciplines, spiritual disciplines and training. Training's not easy. We read in Romans 5, verse 3 and 4, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. So what produces endurance? Suffering. So a lot of us, you know, you have to learn endurance. So what does that mean is going to have to happen? You are going to have to suffer. And anybody who's ever worked out or trained in any, any sport or any, any form of excellence in any way, studying is suffering with your brain, right? To, to pass the class or pass the test. If you want to be an excellent musician, you suffer practicing. You don't realize how much these guys have to practice. Now, we got some massive gifted people who probably have practiced so much in the past. They don't have to every Sunday as much as we might think. But I've talked to a lot of our musical leaders, and I'm like, wow. They, they put some hours in uh, to, 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 to perform and give the heart and, and to play things in, a, in an excellent way. We all have to suffer to grow. And why do we gain this endurance? What happens after endurance is you gain character. You see that? Endurance produces character. Character means experience, means you're trustworthy. There's proof there. I found that interesting that the word in Greek character really means you're proven. There's a proven quality there. It can withstand the heat and will not falter. And that's the kind of people that we want to be. But you are going to have to suffer a little bit to gain that kind of proof and solid character in your life. And God allows all of us to suffer. And life gives us many twists and turns that we can't even fathom that can make us suffer. Hebrews 12, verse 7 and verse 11 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. We don't like to suffer, do we? You can think about your life. How, how much have you suffered? Uh, I say every one of us has. And some years are tougher than other years. 
Uh, I remember a year, it was the year 2003, between middle of 2003 and 2004. That was a tough year in the ministry. Uh, at the time, I was leading a college ministry. It had grown up to about 140 members. Um, this is out in the Inland Empire. The church went through a lot of, a lot of cathartic changes and uh, worldwide changes and all kinds of things were going on. And it was a painful year. Our ministry went from like 140 in co- and college students. What happens is it's, they're supposed to graduate, which is good. Amen. Graduate, guys. And then you move on. But when they graduate and you're you're not new ones aren't being added, the ministry goes down. Right. That's what happens in, in youth ministries. So you need a lot of energy. But the ministry shrank down ex- severely. Uh, we ended up in having a, one of our, our fellowships in our churches. They pulled away and kind of broke off back in. This is about in the Inland Empire. It was a painful time. I remember our campus ministry. Uh, I, I remember at University of California, Riverside, for one, we had, had it up at that particular university, like 40 students got down to one by the end of that whole era of, of challenges and with graduates. I was like, wow. Now, what's great is after another five years, it built back up. And that, that is the nature of things, right? But I remember it being a challenging time. Going through spiritual battles and pain and feeling the weight of, of people leaving God and feeling the weight of people being unhappy and feeling hurt by even some of the things that I had done. But when you weather through those storms and you learn the lessons, you grow stronger, right? You endure. I remember a college student at the time was, this is challenging. He's like, he was mad at me, you know, for, I'm not sure all the reasons at this stage, it's been over 20 years. He's like, I was in my mid-30s, and he's like, how much do you make as a minister? And I was like, I didn't make much. I mean, it was like a 35 grand or something, small amount back then. And I was like, uh, that's about what I make. And he's like, that's too much. And I'm like, I'm glad the decision is not yours. <laughs> he was a college guy, right? And I was like, but, you know, people go through things. He eventually changed his attitude and, and, and did better. But we get emotional when things happen, and we, can, we have to weather these storms and these difficulties, right? It, it, there's challenges that happen. You know, I want to hold up. There's a young couple. I won't share them by name, but there's a young couple that Carrie and I have had the privilege of mentoring and, and shepherding and helping through their premarital counseling. And they had quite a few challenges as they went through their premarital counseling. Uh, at, at one point, they even decided, we, we're, you know, we're going to call off the engagement for right now. We're going to stop. We're not going to do it. We're going to take time. They had just so many challenges, baggage from their past. Um, some sins that had occurred that they, they got open about, praise God, and they're like, we gotta repent of these things. We gotta change these things. And you know what? They didn't give up. They hung in there. They began to let the Word of God continue to minister to them. They got a lot of advice from other people. They allowed spiritual mentorship in their life. And they persevered. You know what? They, they grew. They grew, they got married, and today they a very happy young couple in our congregation. Amen? You probably know who I'm talking about. But the bottom line is it took some suffering to get there and it will continue to take more suffering. Marriage is not just for happiness. It's for holiness. All right. Marriage is not. Now, it is a happy time. God says it's not good for man to be alone. But the truth is, he also says in the New Testament, it's better to not be married. I mean, Paul said that it's probably better. Just just be married to me. Right. Make life easier. Life gets complex. Okay, so what I'm saying is that you're going to have to go through hard times in relationships. You're going to have to go through struggles. You're going to have to endure 
And it takes some tough times and some training. Amen. Uh, how do you train? There's lots of different ways to train. Um, y- y- you have to take small steps, right? You have to do the little things. Uh, we're talking about spiritual formation this year quite a lot. We're going to be talking about uh, CJ. I love what he said. He said, you know, I'm not going to eat until I've prayed every day. Right. He said that, I think, on Wednesday night. I was like, awesome, man. That's, that's training. Like, I, I'm going to go on a prayer walk unless, unless I, I'm not going to eat until I've gone on my prayer walk. Right. You have to take steps like that to develop training and character and strength in your spirituality. The only failure is to quit. Do not quit. Are you a quitter? I hope you're not. Don't have the character of a quitter. Say, no, I won't quit. You do not want to quit on your faith. You do not want to quit on holding to God's word. You want to be trained in it. You want to study it. You want to grow, which leads us to the next idea of building roots. And I want to go back to the parable of the sower. Uh, CJ talked about this last week with regard to uh, getting the weight out of your life. Uh, and he talked about throwing off the things that hinder you and, and the thorns, right? He talked about the third part of the soil. I want to talk about the second part. It says, other seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is the second soil in the parable of the sower. You know, the first is just the hard heart that the word doesn't even get in. But on the rocky soil, it gets in and it springs up a little. You can see a little growth there, but it's just... It's, it's not staying there too long because it doesn't develop roots. And we can too easily be like the second soil where we don't allow the roots of God's mercy, grace and eternal truths to enter into our soul and become deep convictions. We can be shallow and shallow people are easily influenced by the wrong things. And our culture has many influences these days. These days you can, you can get your primary messaging from anywhere you want. Just open up your phone and click. And if you're not careful, the algorithms will control your messaging. You know that, right? You know, we're on that phone all the time. When you open it up, the algorithms start telling you the things that it thinks you want to hear. Oh, he clicked on that or she clicked on that. They probably want to hear this again. And it begins to control the way we think. And we can be very shallow and not self-differentiated. Because instead of standing, knowing what we believe and standing for it, we care a lot about what people think. And I confess, one of my weaknesses is I, I like people to like me. I, I want you to like me. Uh, I don't know if that's your weakness, but it's a weakness of mine. And I want the congregation happy and I want it doing well. And I want people to be filled with faith and hope and think that Steve's doing a great job and... He and CJ are leading the congregation awesomely. Uh, but sometimes you may not like the things I say and do. And, and I have to fight hard to go, what does the word of God say? What is What are the ancient paths of God's way that we're not going to waver from based on our society and our culture? It's something I'm working on. We've got to have deep roots. right? We've got to be rooted in Jesus. That's why focus on Jesus is a really good theme. We could keep that theme every year, right? It's really a, a weekly theme. 
Focus on Jesus. Be rooted in Jesus. How do you get rooted? Well, it does take those disciplines. It does take some time. It takes water, watering the plant with those spiritual formation exercises, hearing the word of God, meditating on the word, thinking about it, contemplating. You know, like we we talked last week, having a reflective mindset, thinking deeply, what does God want us to do and be? So we can be rooted in Jesus because it doesn't say if the wind and the waves come, did it? Right? It doesn't say if trouble or persecution comes. It says when trouble or persecution comes. You got to hang in there. You got to get some experience. I like this quote from Marty Fuqua, a minister that used to be part of LA. Many of you know him. It takes a year to get a year's experience. You know, it's a deep, profound truth and simple. It takes a year to get a year's experience. Hang in there. How are you going to get roots? Well, don't let the trouble or persecution knock you down. Hang in there. Fight through it. Look for the healthy answers, right? See, we see the seed. The seed, it sprouts up. It's intended to sprout up. But you got to let the soil get, you know, get watered because it says when trouble comes. And trouble does come all the time in our lives. Our weaknesses can keep coming back, right? We can stop trusting God. We um, are going to see the trouble of the very sins that we know we need to overcome. And we talked about throwing those off. Uh, our holiness, our purity, our righteousness, our willingness to serve. Um, th- these things we want to hold on to. But trouble comes and the trouble usually is some kind of emotional attack. Right. Or the trouble could be that things don't go the way you want. Right? What's the trouble for you? A lot of times things don't go the way you hoped they would go with with whether it's your job, your your finances. How about your relationships, your dream of a, of a future Mr. or Mrs.? How about you have a Mr. or Mrs. And, it, and it's very challenging. Trouble will be coming. But you got to hold on to the word of God. You got to hold on to God's standards. You got to hold on to his way, right? The scriptures teach really clearly about relationships, right? To be equally yoked in your relationship. Both of you having the same mission, same purpose, same dream, same faith, same Lord, right? right? Do not be yoked with unbelievers. What, what does righteousness have in common with weakness? In other words, we reach those that aren't disciples of Jesus and try to help them become that. But we don't move in with them and get married to them until they become disciples, right? We make a commitment to fidelity to the word, to trusting the promises of the Bible instead of caving into our emotional wants and needs. And too often we compromise things because we think things aren't going the way I want. I'm going to compromise. I love that story CJ shared last week about the brother who had to, to talk to his boss about, I'm not going to miss, you know, midweeks. And I love those types of stories. Right? We need that kind of messaging to stand strong. And, you know, persecution is going to come, right? It says when trouble or persecution comes for the word, because of the word. You know, in, in L.A., you're gonna, you might get persecution for being a real disciple of Jesus in your workplace. When I was working here in Los Angeles, um, Working in Century City, 
I would talk about Jesus quite a lot after I became a disciple in my workplace in the, you know, the tower. And I scared a few people like they're like, uh, yeah, you're pretty serious about your faith. And the manager had to pull me aside and say, hey, can you tone it down a little? And I agree. I was a little zeal, zealous, maybe too much in, in, in the way and timing there. I didn't waver in my convictions, but I, I was I was a little over the top sharing with every single person in the office to come to Bible talk and come to church. And Jesus is the way. And I don't care how you grew up, but Jesus is the way. And I was relentless. Right. And and, and there's tact that you have. I grew and I've learned tact as I've grown older in my faith. But our world will tell you to not even bring anything up and compromise. Hollywood is here. Hollywood's not going anywhere. We're going to have a great economy in L.A. But let me tell you why. Because media is not going anywhere and it's centered right here. The tech world is here. But the tech world and the media world doesn't want to honor Jesus. Now, there's pockets of it that do, right? We've got people in here who want to. We've got, there's, there's God-honoring music. There's God-honoring media. And, and we should make more of it. We should try to find people who make more and support that. But in general, it's not real popular to be like, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and I'm going to be pure and sexual holiness and purity and righteousness is my way. That's not what sells Hollywood, right? So you're going to get persecution, but the scriptures give you a lot of encouragement, right? Here's just a couple simple scriptures. By standing firm, you will gain life. Luke 21, 19. In Revelation, be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Later on in chapter 2 of Revelation, he says, only hold fast what you have until I come. The scriptures have so much encouragement, and you're going to need it to get deeply rooted. You got to get in the word. You got to you got to let the scriptures teach you when you're down and hurting and feeling like I don't want to go on and when there's something that's stopping me and you feel emotional and, and it's not going well, the word of God will bring you encouragement. I want you to ask yourself this question. What's one thing that tempts you to quit on your faith? All right, I want you to write it down right now. I want you to, I'm not going to move on until you get your phone out or a little piece of paper. Think about one thing. For me, it's usually um, when I get discouragement, I see my weaknesses come back up and I get discouragement because there's a lot of criticalness or the, and the ministry's having some struggle. And I'm feeling like, is it even worth it, all the work we're doing? Is it worth it? And so sometimes the emotions combined with my weaknesses combined with results not being what I want. And and it makes me feel like, oh, is this worth it? Write it down. This week, share that with one person this week and ask them to pray for you in that area. Because that one thing, you know, the enemy knows it's there and it's going to come after you in your race. You're going to have it's going to come up again and again. There's going to be challenges. You want to overcome that one thing. Amen. You got to figure out what it is for you. And then I want to talk about the right mindset we need to have in order to endure. All right. The endurance mindset. And really, this this is one of the keys. And it's going to bring us to the cross. Right. This is going to bring us to Calvary. This this, the text will, will take us here to having the right mindset. But we're going to read about how you got to remember the early days. You got to stand side by side and know that you're not alone in this. Uh, you got to consider the reward, which the end of the month we'll talk about, you know, in it to win it, the reward. 
And you got to consider Jesus, which in particular next week, that's going to be our number one thing is following the pace setter. But these, this mindset will enable you to endure this spiritual journey. Let's read the text. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go to that. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light. When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Remember, do you guys remember? Some of you, maybe you're, you're just starting your spiritual journey. So, you know, and I, I talk to people all the time. I just talked to a, 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 a young man today. He said, man, I, when I found the church, I loved it. This is what I was looking for. So many of us have had that experience, right? This is what I was looking for. Remember those earlier days when your faith began to soar. Remember the struggles you overcame, the persecutions you resisted. Remember. God wants us to remember. Peter wrote the letter saying, I'm writing this to remind you. Paul saying, I want to remind you. The scriptures were given to us by God Almighty to remind us. The Old Testament stories are given to us as reminders and guidance, as examples on whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. And that is us. So he wants you to endure and to remember those earlier days, right? He says, you stood side by side with those so treated, those who'd been then persecuted and attacked and insulted. You stood side by side. Your, your mindset is you, you got to understand you're not alone, right? We do have each other. And, we, and so you want to endure. You do need a partner. I joined my dad in that race. I was like, I'm going to help him. And he said it really did help him. He wanted to quit. He wanted to, he wasn't going to quit. He'd done a lot of marathons. But but he, he, you know, his time was better because I helped him out right there. And, I, and you know, who knows what would happen? He was hurting. We have people side by side. They're in this room. And, you know, we read earlier about the great cloud of witnesses in the text, right? Posterity. Ancient history. All of it is a cloud of witnesses. The future and the past of faithful people are with you on the journey. You're not alone. The heroes of faith are cheering you on. You know, that image that... in. in Hebrews 12 of this great cloud of witnesses is like we're in an arena in this race and they're all cheering for us. Moses is cheering for us. Abraham is cheering for us in a sense that in spirit to like we suffered, we persevered. You can do it side by side. I remember Karen and I had served the college ministry in L.A. for over 20 years, almost 25 years. And we recently stepped down from being the uh, overseeing pastors, overseeing leaders of the L.A. Church of Christ, uh, which includes all the campuses in Southern California. And, um, you know, we, we, it was a blessing to do that. But we wanted to focus on West Side work, partnering with C.J. and Sheree and, and seeing the future of what he's going to do here on the West Side. And I wanted some younger, new voices to have influence. So we were like, it's time for us to step aside. And after we did that, one uh, of the young campus minister women started sharing, uh, just they were encouraging us, which we like that. Or it's always nice to be encouraged. They, they wanted to encourage us. And she shared about, she's currently um, one of the leaders up in the uh, Turning Point, their campus minister up there, great couple that leads that full time. But, but she shared that. When she was a high school senior, Carrie uh, and we had been coordinating this uh, senior teen training camp to help seniors in high school get ready to go into college and prepare them spiritually. And Carrie was overseeing her group and took her out on campus. And she said it was the first time she ever invited somebody like cold contact, shared her faith, cold contact ever. And Carrie showed her how to do it and trained her and helped her with the Bible talk. And at this time, you know, she's a Christian, but she, she just is weak and she never dreamed she would become a full-time minister. 
And this was many, many years ago. So she, you know, as she was sharing, don't underestimate the love, the time, the energy you put into serving and training and helping people. It makes a difference. She's happily married. They're leading a fruitful ministry in the full-time ministry. And she said Carrie's influence made a tremendous difference many, many years ago. Amen. We're side by side with each other. We need each other. We're not alone. In verse 35, it says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Right. Ultimately, we have to set our mind on what we're we're aiming at. Right. The eternal reward of God. We gotta set our mind on, on the promises of God. Eternity is the goal. It's the one thing worth your very, very best. It's worth your best time and your best talent. It's worth all your resources. It's worth your future. It's worth your relationships. Fight for it. Aim at it. Look at it. And we're gonna talk about that, uh, on our fourth of the series at the end of the month. In it to win it. Amen. But as we go into communion right now, I want us to consider a couple other aspects. And of course, as we consider uh, the right mindset, Hebrews 12 says, looking to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Even Jesus had to have the mindset of what the joy set before him. He was thinking of being back with the father in heaven, sitting down at the right hand of the father. He was thinking of the joy of seeing your eyes ears and hearts listening to these words. The joy, his crown of joy, Paul said his crown of joy is you guys for the joy set before him. Part of that joy had to be him saying, I know that young woman in the year 2024 is going to surrender her heart. I know that older gentleman who hasn't ever fully given himself. He's going to do it. That's a joy for Jesus. And he knew the eternity and the souls of men and women matter for the joy set before him. And it says, consider him who endured what from sinners, such hostility, the NIV, you know, who endured such opposition from sinful men, it says, right? And the NIV, that's the ESV version right there. So why? So that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. We got to consider Jesus, right? We got to consider the reward, but then we have to focus on Jesus. He came. And died for us. He said, I want you to belong with me. Why do we call it belong, believe, become? Because even when we weren't doing things he wanted us to do, he said, you belong to me and I will die for you. I include you in my economy of life and in my love. And I want you to choose me. You do have to choose him. But before we even chose him, he came down and died for us and endured the opposition And this is a great encouragement for each of us today. Amen. As we take communion, what I want us to do is this. I want us to reflect briefly on these, um, oops, on these mindsets. And I want us to consider, I love, and we're going to talk for a moment. We're going to take a few minutes to have a conversation. Uh, so here's the mindset you need to have. And I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the training methods that we mentioned. But then also I want you to consider this verse from Isaiah chapter 40. I love it in closing. All right. In Isaiah chapter 40, we read this incredible verse about running the race. And it's it's really the idea of, of what God has in store for each of us. And in Isaiah 40, he says, do you not know? Have you not heard? 
The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who focus on Jesus, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Sometimes you soar in your journey. Sometimes you run on your journey. And sometimes you walk. But you must never quit. Amen? Amen, church. All right, let's do this right now before we take the uh, the fruit of the, of the vine and we take the bread. Um, I want us to think about these three areas of how to endure. And I want us to just talk to the people right next to you, you know, somebody next to you, maybe a little group of two or three right there. And just take two or three minutes and each of you answer for about a minute or so. Which area of endurance, the training, the deep roots or the right mindset, do you need to focus on most in order to endure? And then I'll, I'll pray in just a couple minutes and we'll take the elements. All right. So have a little discussion. Uh, which area of endurance you need to focus on most. Amen. Let's have that discussion. OK, we're going to go to God in prayer right now. I'm sure you could talk a lot more about these areas, and I encourage you to set up some time to have those talks. Amen. We need that. How can we endure? What is needed? But let's go to God as we as we look at Jesus, as we consider him who endured such opposition, as we look at him who endured the cross for us. Let's thank him for for giving his life to us. Father in heaven, thank you so much for launching us on this incredible journey, but not leaving us alone. We know you are here. You're guiding us. You're giving us the resources we need. We face struggles and challenges, God, but we know that you have answers and hope and even people to help us through. Father, help us to reflect deeply on the ultimate example of Jesus enduring the cross. Help us to endure. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your body, giving your life, shedding your blood as we take the elements to remind us of your the, the fruit of the vine that reminds us that your your blood was shed to give us a new start each day. Your body was given to, to tell us that life is more than what we think. It's about eternity. So thank you for your example. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.